Welcome to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann. I'd like to extend my gratitude for you making me a part of your listening experience. If you watch the podcast on YouTube, what you will notice this particular week, Fridays, 8 p.m., my YouTube channel, The Real Lisa Ann, is I am living the life of just a relaxed state. I just got back from an amazing Thanksgiving weekend vacation in Lake Tahoe. It was spectacular. I didn't put on a stitch of makeup for the first five days I was there. I didn't care what I looked like. I didn't touch my computer. It was the fifth day. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to pull out my laptop. I just felt like it. Like I just felt like, okay, I'm ready. Uh, Tinkering around with some social media, doing a couple of things. I did check in from here and there. And I did put some things in my story on Instagram at The Real Lisa Ann. But I really just wanted to decompress. I was with my best friends that I've known for like 30 years. And when we get together, it's just like I fall into, you know, it's family. It's whatever you have that resembles your time where nothing else matters except for the conversations you're having with each other, the things that you're going to be doing for us. It was a lot of hiking. They live in a beautiful area. This is my first time seeing their new home which I have a beautiful bedroom and bathroom in, which I absolutely loved. And there's so many great hiking places. And and we did all of that. And then I cooked. I cooked a ton. So when I'm with my friends, I love to cook. And at my friend's new home, they have this fabulous kitchen, like one of these dream islands that if you're someone that likes to make a lot of things at one time and you're in an apartment with a counter, you're very limited. Like you do one step, then you have to put everything away and you got to make space. Whereas there, I could just take over the kitchen, all of the beauty of this miraculously amazing kitchen. And I could just cook. And so I was going to be making Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, It was also my friend's birthday. So it was his birthday. So it was like, okay, so we're planning out little menus. What are we going to be doing? And I thought uh, it was up to them. They want to have turkey, want to have Thanksgiving. But, you know, when, when people have an Italian around, they grew up cooking Italian food and they already know they love my Italian food. He loves my Italian meatballs. She loves everything else I make and salads and this and that. And so we had Italian food for Thanksgiving very unique. We got up, we took a really nice hike, went and saw the wild horses. There are wild horses out where they live, which was just amazing to see. And went out and hiked the, the horses, took a day trip one day to Virginia City, which is a really cute little town to walk around for a day. A lot of great photo opportunities there, cool pictures, cool sets. I was like, oh, me and Kay need to come to Virginia City. Me and Kay need to do the whole Lake Tahoe trip because it's just gorge. So I make Italian food for Thanksgiving, which was going to be homemade meatballs from scratch, my special recipe sauce, and then I'll make uh, other foods. Uh, My girlfriend doesn't eat meat, so no problem. You know, I don't eat meat either, but like I'm making my own meatballs. He wants meatballs. I'll have a couple of meatballs because I made them and like, you know, it's a traditional thing. And so we ended up finding a way to use those meatballs because I always, Italians, we make a lot of food at one time. We never can cook for less than 20 people, even though there's only three of us. So we use these meatballs kind of for the next three days. So, you know, we have this beautiful dinner and really enjoyed Thanksgiving. We lit their fire pit in their backyard for the first time, sat around the fire pit at night. It was a beautiful evening. Just so, just warm during the day out there because the altitude, the sun, and then nice and cool at night, just beautiful. And so the next day I was like, well, you know, why don't I make meatball subs? We'll go to the store. I'll make one for him. I'll make us, her and I a salad and everything else. We'll go to the store. We'll get a nice 
beautiful loaf, a nice Italian loaf. And we went into this store by them. The girl came out to us at the bakery and she's like, oh, don't take that one. I just finished baking fresh ones. So I was like, oh, money, like people, it just is great. So get this fresh roll. And I'm like, I'm going to do this with some provolone and some butter. And I got to make a process out of everything I made. That bread, cutting it open, putting some butter on it, letting it soften in the oven, pulling it back out, spreading the butter, putting some garlic on it, a little bit of olive oil, laying the 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 provolone cheese on there, baking it a little bit longer while I cut up the the meatballs. And I will say, I had some of it. He and I both agree it was a life changing sandwich. And when you put like, you know, I'm putting seasonings on, when you put time into cooking and you look at everything and the many steps that it's going to take and you enjoy every step of it, it's a game changer. It really is. And I understand when we're all working, I don't have this kind of time when I'm working, but a vacation to me, especially getting to go to my friend's home and just be present and just like not fucking with my phone, not caring about what's going on in the world and just what are we going to eat today? Oh, what am I going to make? What are we going to do? Where are we going to hike? Where are we taking the dogs? Just like just fun, relaxing, recharging things to me, just the ideal way to take a true break from the hecticness of my life because so many of my trips, I get to travel. I do things, but I'm working and I'm traveling with these bags of wardrobe and makeup and all of this stuff. And this was like, I shipped a box of clothes there and took a carry-on. There's a carry-on story I'm going to share with you after I finish this. So then we still have meatballs left after the meatball subs. So the next day we're going to just take a walk at Lake Tahoe and just so beautiful. And you know, when there were fires two years ago out by Lake Tahoe, my biggest concern was like, is the water going to be as clear because all of this ash and everything that, that happens after a fire. And I was, it was so pristine. It was just like, I remembered it. I mean, in Lake Tahoe, when you're high enough up, hiking, you can see the different colors of water in the lake, you know, and there's some green spots and some really clear blue. And then when you get down to the water, you can see rocks 20 and 30 feet in the water. It's just so clean and so beautiful. And I admire how well everything is taken care of up there. People just don't litter. And it's just a place where you live there and you're, you're by there because you want to enjoy nature. Everybody is a dog. Everybody's out walking and hiking. So we were walking up the the, the path to go to Hidden Beach, which is a really pretty little beach. You have to walk up this path and then down this other way. And we get to Hidden Beach and my friend looks at me. He's like, I feel like lasagna tonight. And I was like, okay, we're really, we're, 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 we're going all in on the Italian. Okay. We're going all in. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I can chop up the rest of your meatballs and I can use them as meat for your meatball, for your lasagna. I'll make her and I a vegetable lasagna. We'll, we'll cheat. We'll put a little real cheese on there. We'll make a vegetable lasagna over here. So we've got two trays. We'll do two different trays of lasagna. So of course, on the way back from the lake, we're going to go to the store and pick up all the specialty cheeses and, and of course, more bread. Uh, so I also ate a lot of bread. It was so, you couldn't pass it up. And so I made this lasagna and as I was making it, you know, I'm always talking to my girlfriend and I'm, we, we, we share recipes, but the reality is it takes a good two hours to make a lasagna. So she's like, this has already been two hours. There's no way I'm ever making this. And I'm like, that's okay. The next time I visit, I'll do it again. And I almost skipped to dinners because I just keep remembering that sandwich. And he and I talked about it for two days, like that sandwich, that meatballs up, that way that bread was. But I also made them breakfast every day. And uh, one of the things I love to make are picture window eggs. I call them picture window eggs. I don't know what everybody else calls them, but they're when you take a piece of toast and you take out the center 
And you, you, what I'd like to do is I like to put the toast in a toaster for about half a minute or a minute. I don't have a toaster because I don't eat enough bread to want to store a toaster. So when I'm at someone's house with a toaster and I'm making picture window eggs, I toast it a little bit. Then I put butter on each side. Then I start to brown that piece of bread in the frying pan. And then you drop the egg right in the hole that you took out of the center of the bread. And you, you flip it over and it nicely cooks the egg. And it's just this perfect little tidy, I want to dip my bread into the egg and it's all right in there. Uh, so I did that two days. And then the day I was leaving, I made French toast. So we, again, had to go and buy specialty. I was like, we need like a nice thick, you know, porous sourdough bread for a good French toast. So I whipped up the French toast and made French toast, but it was just to me so incredibly relaxing being at my friend's home, being able to cook all of these fun meals that I never eat at home. And it's also harder to cook those types of things for one or two people. So when you have food that you're going to, you know, eat again and again, in the Italian culture, we didn't waste food. So our big meal that we made on Saturday or Sunday was usually something that then carried over into our meals for the next two or three days, whether it was sandwiches or, you know, put into something else, whatever it may have been. We just don't waste food. We find another way. What I had said over the lasagna, yeah, I'll cut up your meatballs and use the the meat. And, and my girlfriend looked at me. She's like, that's a great idea. I'm like, yeah, again, that's just how we do it. We just find a way to take those five ingredients that we used initially and put them into 10 more things. That is the Italian way when it comes to making food. And so I celebrated my friendships. I celebrated food and just being relaxed and, and not having to have a camera in my face for a week was just a break. I mean, even when it comes to doing my podcast. I'm here. I'm in the camera, shooting cameos, doing my sports show on Better Sports Network. All of these things, I'm constantly looking at myself. And when you constantly have a camera in your face, you are constantly judging your face. You're constantly looking. There's constantly something you don't like, your eyebrow, your hair, your makeup. It's constant. So to pull back from that and be around people you could just truly be your authentic self with and just be in comfortable clothes all day long and not worried about your hair at all. That is how I recharge. And if I could recharge like that once a year on our traditional trip, which when we started doing our trips in Tahoe, we used to rent an Airbnb. Now they live there full time. So now I can go there even more often. Uh, I left clothes behind, letting them know I'm coming back here more often. But for this one time a year, it's a solid, you know, five to seven days where I get to block out of my life and really just kind of untether myself from the internet, untether myself from social media, and just completely sit and talk and, and watch TV together. We watched the games and watched the Cowboys game, of course, on Thanksgiving, watched all the games on Thanksgiving, just relax. So I feel refreshed. I feel excited to get back to everything I've got going on. I go to Exotica this weekend in DC, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. On the 3rd, I'm hosting at the Over Under Club, which is a sports book above the cloakroom in DC. I'm doing a radio show on Friday morning in DC in studio. You know, I love to go in studio. So I have like a lot of really exciting things to look forward to. Next week, I'll be in St. Louis uh, for my friend's event, Jay Randolph Jr. Rest in peace. We love you. We're sending you love every day. And we hope that you're watching down on us, watching us smile, laugh, and love because that's what we want to carry on, on on that special day that I get to go. And I will be in studio on December 8th for the entire three hours of the TMA STL morning show. I cannot wait. 
I want to take callers. We're going to be on YouTube. I'll make sure y'all know where to find it, but I love these guys. I love being a part of their community and I'm really excited to go to St. Louis next week. And then I'm not going to travel probably much for the rest of the year, maybe a ski trip or two. I'm not sure, but I kind of want to be here. I have my traditional trip with my friend, Justin, who was here on the podcast, Lease and Experience, Justin Ensman. He's a fireman here in the city. I'm in a firehouse fantasy football league with him. We have a Christmas tradition. We go to see the rock gets together every year. He gets the rocket tickets. I get the dinner. We get ourselves a nice night out. It is our thing. And it's like, I know it's the same show every year, but we both love it the same every single year. So I'll be doing that in December. So like it's the holidays here and a lot of people are coming into the city. And a lot of my friends that live either in Brooklyn or in other places in the city, I plan to meet up with and just go see the tree in Rockefeller Center, look over all the beautiful, beautiful lights and Christmas decorations everywhere. When I came in from the airport late last night, I got to see more of the decorations are out than when I was leaving, when they were just starting to put them out. And it just looks spectacular. New York City around the holidays is just magical. And I'm so happy to be here. And again, refreshed, recharged. But let me talk about this um, carry-on bag situation. So this is something that I deal with sometimes. You know, when I get that pitch in my voice, I'm about to go in on something. Well, I try to always take the early morning flights. That's my thing. I know everybody at the airport at six o'clock in the morning, everybody's super chill. Nobody's really aggressive. No, but this was a 1 PM flight. It was, you know, when you're going to different places, I had to lay over in Phoenix and I had to get to the Reno airport is where you fly into there. And so here I am going to the airport midday. Always can be tricky because that's when people are going, photos, we go, this was not the case today. This was not about me. Every once in a while, there's a young woman working TSA who I can feel her energy the second I approach her. And I know our interaction is not going to be positive. And so I roll up with my carry-on bag in my backpack and I have my little purse. I always tuck my little purse inside my backpack. So I have two items. Now my carry-on bag, it fits in the little box thing. Cause of course you have to check it. You know, you check that when you get a carry on bag, they're like regulation size. And she looks at me, she's not asking anyone else. I walk up to her and I'm trying to do the, hi, how are you today? And I could just be like, Ooh, this girl doesn't like me. She looks at me, she goes, you're going to have to put your bag in the sizer, ma'am. Cause I don't think it's going to fit because it looks too big. It's just an olive green bag. And I think it looks bigger, but it fits in the size. So I go to put the bag in the sizer. And I didn't realize how lightweight the sizer was. So when I first went to put the bag in, it kind of, it wobbled and it kind of like smashed me in the head, the, the, the bag thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And she's like, it doesn't fit. You have to check that bag. Now I didn't want to check the bag. I was pretty insistent that day. I was pretty determined that I was not going to be waiting on a check bag, that I was not going to trust a bag on a layover. I never trust bags on layovers. Like I have all these like things, right? So I say to her, no, no, no. The thing just flipped forward and whacked me in the head. Like my bag fits. I, let me show you. So I put it in, it fits. She goes, it looks too snug. I go, I've flown with this bag so much this year. It fits in every overhead. And it was being upgraded to first class. So I'm like, being upgraded first class is going to fit. Doesn't matter. So, I, so I'm standing there and I'm debating this with her. And I realized that she's letting a shit ton of people walk by without asking them to size their bag. And I feel like I'm being singled out. So I don't know what it was feeling excited about my trip, but I decided to take the bag sizer, 
move it between her and I in front of everybody. And I told everybody that was coming through, if you're going to take that bag, you have to put it in the bag sizer because you know what? I feel like I'm being singled out here and she's not asking anyone else. And now the line is starting to build because everybody else is just breezing by this woman. And she's like your first point of command before you go through the whole, you know, amusement park lines to get to the person that takes your ID and looks at your ticket. And so I'm now causing a little bit of a stir. So a guy from American Airlines, I walk over to him. I'm like, can you help me? He's like, we cannot do anything. TSA does their own thing. We're two separate entities. And I'm like, but my bag fits. I've done it a million times with this bag and I don't want to check it. And it's just a principle that I knew she was singling me out. So now the line is really starting to get deep because I'm, I'm insisting everybody size their bag. And by the way, most people were carrying way more shit than me. Way. And most of it didn't fit. Okay. So I proceed. And now there's a ton of people. There's people that work at the airport. There's the people that are trying to get through TSA. There's me acting the fool. And there's this lady who is sticking to her guns that I should check this little carry on bag. So finally a woman comes over from American and she's like, we can't have this. This is like buckling up. It's too many people come with me. She walks me over to a different side. I go through security a different way. I don't look back the whole time. I'm afraid if I make eye contact with this woman, she's going to have me thrown out of the airport. And I get through with my carry on bag and guess what? It does fit on the plane. Perfectly fine. Tons of room. Fits sideways. Fits laying down. But that was one of those moments that I texted my friends. I'm like, well, Got into it with TSA, but I made it and I'm on my way. And they wrote back like you and TSA. It's just once in a while, I will say that there are some people that I feel singled me out. We don't know why. And I'm sure other people have felt this way too. I didn't want to be a Karen, but at the same time, I knew my bag fit. The only reason it looked like it didn't fit is because the thing whacked me in the head, which was also not awesome. But uh, I, I survived it. I don't know why I was so stuck to my guns. Every once in a while you get like that. You know what I mean? We get in our own head where we're like, this is what I should be doing right now. Was it what I should be doing? I'm not sure. But what you all should be doing is catching on what you may have missed last week. We had Jason Shatsky from Ticket Rev. Ticket Rev is a new innovation how you can exchange purchase tickets. Really cool concept of being able to look at a segment, a, a section at an arena and name your price. I'd like to buy a ticket in this price range. And if it's available, you'll get it. And if it's not, you don't. This way you're not overpaying for tickets. If you are someone that has season tickets and you're looking to sell tickets, it's also a great way to sell tickets. And Jason really broke it down so well last week on the episode. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen. He and I have known each other since we met in 2013. I love how many people I've met along the way that I get to share with you, just like today's guest. I brought you a guest. Nicole Adamo, who I had on here, uh, we had met maybe 2010 at Sirius XM. And Nicole reached out to me to introduce me to Steph Mee, who I had been following on social media and loved this interaction of seeing what she's all about, knowing her through Nicole and this just like inspirational little human that I have the most fun conversation with that I get to share with you right here. Welcome my guest today, Steph Mee. Well, it's time for you to meet another one of my friends, somebody that I cross paths with in the wonderful world that can be social media. You can still make friends on social media, people. You don't just have to go on there to be angry, to complain, or to vent. That's my friend at Steph Me, who you can follow on all platforms at Steph Me, except on the top. You want to put that little underscore before Steph Me. Steph, thanks for joining me here today. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Lisa. I'm so excited. 
It's great to meet you. We share a mutual friend who, Nicole, who everyone here on the Lee Sand Experience got to meet uh, a month or so ago. I've known Nicole for 10 plus years now, and she is just one of those people that has that energy that when you're around her, it's so contagious. She's so driven and such oh, an sure. inspiring human. Oh, look at you go. Oh. Right? She I is. See. Yes. She's so <laughs> inspiring. A, you just nailed it. You nailed it for sure. Like that's where I get my drive whenever I'm with her is like, we just like mesh and just blow up together. But. And how important do you think it is to have friends that align with your drive and your values to keep you pushing and pushing? So where I'm from, which is Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the good old steel city. Um, Nobody understands what I do. And whenever I hang out with my friends that I grew up with, they're like, uh, it almost feels like they're bringing me back. Like just, it's like a, a lag, like jet lag, I call it, you know, like just, you can't get out of it. Um, but whenever I'm around my friends, like Nicole, for example, it's like, it's like 50 times the power and juice to add to my like motivation and drive. So it's very, very, very important to be like, pretty much in your own bubble of these people. Um, obviously make new friends outside the industry and stuff like that. And it's good to have those kind of like contacts and stuff, but it's so important, Lisa. Like, it's just like, it helps build your momentum, your engagement, your just everything. Motivation, just, yeah. Look, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm from Easton, Pennsylvania, which is even smaller than Pittsburgh. Sounds small. And, you know, what I realized <laughs> is- yeah, we live on PA. People are so friendly. We live on the stories of the past instead of the future. And it's really completely the same with me. And it's strange too, when you've pulled yourself into a different lifestyle where, you know, luxury goods aren't even sold at the mall in my hometown. Okay. Like you know what I mean? you're not going to get the new Prada boots. Okay. You're not. Oh, for you're, sure. driving, <laughs> you're driving an hour to Philly. Okay. You can get some good but, eggs probably from the Amish. <laughs> We had great farmer's market. We had great flea markets. But, you know, and I always knew that I wanted to see something else. For me, Steph, it came from watching TV and see how same. differently people, same with you? Same. I remember being like a young little girl watching TV and it was mostly like tire banks and stuff like that. But like seeing the models on TV, seeing how these, I don't know, we had MTV, we had like music videos, we had like, you know, just sex and sex appeal, just everything about it. Like I wanted to be that. And then I would look around me. I'm like, wait, is that something normal to be? Or is that not, you know? And like, I remember like people telling me that I couldn't be that I had to pick a, a real, so to speak job, you know? And I'm like, fuck that. Can I swear? Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. You can swear <laughs> so, all you want. Yeah. So I, I agree mean, with you. Yeah. For me too, it was like, just the other night, for some reason, I was like reorganizing things in my my medicine cabinet, you know, like all my all my nighttime remedies, all the different products. And I was just looking at my cabinet. I'm like, remember when you were a young girl and you fantasized about having a cabinet filled <laughs> with so much skincare that you didn't know where to start at night? Like right. these were the fantasies that some of us had that didn't make us, it just made us different with different drive yeah. and different desire. And so sure. it also made me, and I love my friends from home. They're wonderful, kind, amazing people. But it also made me feel a little bit like an outcast because mm -hmm. I didn't really feel as comfortable and I always felt like I was ready to go. How old were you when you decided I'm getting out of this small town? Um, you know, honestly, it was probably whenever I went ninth grade year. I didn't actually like get out, but I went to a creative 
creative and performing arts high school. And no one in my city kind of did that. You stayed in your home school. You did, every, you know, it was a public school. Um, whereas my creative and performing arts high school, you had to try out. It was for art. It was an entertainment. Like, and I was just like, I feel like this is just more me. And whenever I entered that, it was just like, everyone was different. No one judged anyone. Everyone was different. Everyone was supporting everyone. We didn't have like, it sounds crazy. We didn't have like our mascot was the unicorn. Um, we didn't have sports. Um, we didn't have prom king and queen. It was just based off of like grades, I guess, but like just everyone supported everyone. And it was just, and most of those kids, I would say like 80% of those kids are off doing like really big successful things, whatever you want to, you know, level that. Sure, They're chasing their dreams. They're they're living the adventure they wanted to live. They're out of their small town, exploring the world, seeing travel, you know, because even going back that, well, you're so fortunate that you were able to go to a school oh, it like really that. Was. Oh, yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, I went there for art, uh, but I actually got discovered from an agency doing a fashion show. I did like we made all of our dresses for this fashion show, and agents like scouts came to the fashion show, and I was one of the ones that they like scouted out, and that was when I signed to my agency at fourteen, and then it kind of you know brought me out of my comfort zone with that. Um, and then at eighteen, I started doing like bikini modeling stuff, so which is. You don't do that in my city. <laughs> no, unless there's then, a bikini contest at a local yes. bar. Yes. Okay, this is Which I did all of those. Don't get me wrong. I did all of those. I did any kind of bikini contest, any type of modeling. Because like at the time too, no one would sign. I'm a five foot five curvier girl. Like it was, you know, being petite. Curves were starting to come in, you know, at that time. But being petite and short, so to speak, um, was just like, you don't get signed by big agencies or what I thought at the time, you know, runway was being a model, you know, but now it's just, it's totally changed. Like, yeah. And also when those runway shows were happening and were think they would only send one size clothing, everything was size. a sample size yep. and you had to fit in that size yep. to get that role. And when I was younger, because I'm much older than you, it was even more intense. And so right. it was like, it, you know, it was, yeah. you had to be a certain height and you had to have a certain, you had to be a certain weight. Those were what mm-hmm. they were making the clothes for a one size model, which most people didn't realize. And how we've evolved is incredible. But had you not made that jump to a different school, then you participate in different activities. You find yourself truly at a young age and yeah. you, you get an agent and then you start to explore the world on your own terms as yeah. pretty much no matter how you look at it, your own boss. Because your yeah, agent calls oh, you for sure. work, but you get you get yes. to say yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my agent, like my agency, it's it's local, it's small, and I live off of a different name off there. So it's a very commercial print proper kind of deal. Um, whereas social media, I'm my own boss. I I can say whatever the fuck I want. I can do whatever the fuck I want. No one's telling me what to do. It's my brand. It's my everything versus like someone who has to work for like an or- organization, like, I don't know, like MLB or NFL or something like that. Sure. Like I'm talking sports, but like they have to watch what they say. I don't yep. have to watch anything. If you don't like it, don't look. If a brand wants to work with me, you better do your research and make sure you like everything about me. And because I'm going to going to do what I want to do and say, so it's, it's incredible what like social media has created for me. And I love it. Like I, like I have a love hate for it, but majority love. There's a love hate for it for sure. And we'll get to that. But when I moved, and I think you probably felt the same thing, 
your, our mutual friend, Nicole, you know, you started to realize that yes, it felt great to align with other like-minded people. And while your friendships are purely based on your friendships, they also become great networking tools. Mm -hmm. You have an event going on, you take her, she meets people. You And in the world that we live in, that's such an important part to be able to blend that social together with still operating a little bit in the workspace. Like my friends know, we go out, we're going to take a couple of photos. For Those sure. are going to be used for social media. Everybody knows. People don't realize like we're always working. Like it's no matter what, like if I'm going out and like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I have to make sure like, you know, for example, I'm, I might be going to Miami for another podcast, but I'm like, I want to make sure it's on a Friday and Saturday so I can make sure I can go out not to just drink, but I want to make sure I can network and go out and meet people and like do other things on top of, you know, doing the podcast and stuff like that. So I always make sure there's things lined up that make it look like I'm just, you know, out there getting drunk and tipsy and dancing away and twerking, whatever. But like, I'm also doing a bunch of other shit that are, that's, you know, involves my whole brand, so to speak. Yeah. You're not going to hop on a flight and not maximize the time that you're yep. somewhere different with different backdrops, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's restaurants, you want to network with restaurants. It's so great. I went into, um, Sea Spice in Miami. And I absolutely loved it. That place is amazing. And I went in and they have this beautiful social media set up in the, in the center where to take pictures, like this cool swing. And I was like, right away, I'm like, okay, before we eat, before our makeup is messed up, we do all of our photos right here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always like to wait until after so people don't come and find me there. And then afterwards, and now I have a contact with them. And now they invited me to come back to the restaurant when I come back to Miami. So like now I get to share that contact with my friends. It's what we're always doing. We're always working, but having people on our side that want to work as hard as we do. Cause it's funny mm -hmm. too, for me, when I go home, I realize that my friends aren't as curious about traveling and right. this world that we live in, the world is really our living room. Like we can go anywhere and shoot content. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, it's, I, I love it. It's like, I couldn't imagine my life any other way. Like it's just, I remember working for like people and just hating like not wanting to show up. I would do like no call, no show. It was like, just, I just would dread going into work. I'm like, I can never imagine doing that. Like, but then here's me like 7am on my phone, making sure I'm responding to emails, making sure I'm responding to messages. And like, you know, like I'm always working, but versus like going into working for someone else, it's just like, it feels like a terrible job. Not that there's anything wrong with people that do that, but like, you know, for us, it's it, like, we're not meant for that. <laughs> no, we're not. But I have a brother. He's meant for that. That was his ideal situation. He's a mailman. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to do the exact same thing every day. He wanted to know. And I remember looking at both of my parents as, as a teenager and thinking like, gosh, you have to go and do the same thing every day. You take the same route to work. You see the same people. And that's just, there's different people. We're, we're just made a little bit different, right? It doesn't mean oh, either sure. one of us is right or wrong. But yeah. for you, this all came at a perfect time where before the internet would have been more difficult to find these freedoms. Like this has come into my life later and I've been like, wow, this is even more awesome. And even though it can be a 24 hour a day worldwide machine that you're feeding because you have yeah. people in other countries, for the sure. opportunity to go to other countries is unbelievable. I, yeah, I have. I've been to Thailand, Bali, like Korea, or my mom's from, like, I've been to so many different places, Ireland, like I, the list goes on and on. I'm like, wow, I could never, like, it's actually stuff that I have dreamed of, of as a girl. And I'm like, I'm, I'm living my dreams. Like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, this is just crazy. My little girl self would look at me and be like, wow, this is like, you know, like, 
I don't know, I'm going to cry a little bit, but. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel the same way. And I make sure that I take moments to really think about that and to mm-hmm. really think about how grateful I am to be in this situation that we do get to see the world. And when I was going to Switzerland last month, one of my producers is like, I could never do it. I could never sit on a flight for that long. And I'm like, dude, I am like a child at the airport. When I get to the airport, I first of all, I love international airports. The shopping, oh, just yeah. looking at everything. There's oh so much gosh. to look at to pass your time. Oh, You're not just sitting at a gate. You're not just like born. You're not just I'm like an airport drinking. snob too. So like I know like where the lounges are. I know where the best food, shopping, all that stuff. I'm an airport snob, especially when it comes to my airline. But yeah. I'm the same. What's your airline? Delta. Okay. I'm American. So, okay. you know, no competition here, yeah. but we, we just stayed loyal to one cause it's easier. Yeah. You know, your way around every terminal and every place, but like when companies are booking me to go places, I'm like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the flights on hold, you know, and then we could talk about this. Cause I don't want them to pick a time that I don't love when things are either closed. I know exactly right. what time the lounge is open at certain airports. Yep. Yep. I know I do want to layover. the layover process so much better. It's just like yes. smooth sailing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's we laid over. Yeah. It's so fun. We laid over in Heathrow at Terminal 5 because Gordon Ramsay has that great restaurant there, plain food. And like, you know, I know all the, the – it's just like and this is – we're living our dreams and you also still are active really shooting a lot of stuff, magazines. You recently had a cover with FHN. Mm-hmm. How exciting is that for you, your friends, the people in your life when they see you on a cover? For me, like it's, it, I, I'm like speechless just because, like, I seriously, I'm gonna sound like a broken record. Like, I've dreamed of these situations when I was younger, and it's almost like I, I manifested this shit, you know. And it's like to be on a cover of any magazine in general, it's just like amazing. And maybe it's not as amazing now as it used to be because magazines aren't like that popping. But like, like I don't even know how to like. You know, when people are like, oh, congratulations, I still don't think it's real. It's like so surreal. It's- it is just as ama- amazing. It's, you know, you've been to LA where there's like these magazine stands on the side of the street where they used to be like a whole block long and there'd be a ton of them. And so when your magazines would come out, you know, everybody would go to the stand, but you still get that digital copy is what people yeah. see now. You're oh, still I don't even give if, if people don't see it. I did something that I've been <laughs> wanting to do since I was like eight, you know, like this is exactly like I dreamed of this shit. Like, it's just so insane. It's like, what? <laughs> So on your social media, your tagline on Instagram says, I play dumb for smart reasons. <laughs> Let's elaborate on that because as you can imagine me being me for as many years as I've been me, it's something I've tried to explain to people that have really been nasty to me, especially at the beginning of social media. It was my first time having all of these people's opinions and people can be very harsh, you know, and they'll say things and I always be like, so why is it that you assume that I'm dumb? Mm-hmm. Like I make my own schedule. I'm financially independent. I'm traveling and seeing the world. And again, can you kind of try to explain to me why I'm dumb? Right. It's like the stigma. And I feel like you really paved the way for girls like me because, you know, sex sells and like people just think that like you should be just this one, you know, like, like we're dumbasses. Like, oh, we just, just did this and we didn't make any money. We didn't use any of our money to invest in other shit. We didn't pursue any other careers. We didn't, you know, just like kind of snowball effect down the road and turned into like a mass just you know whatever our brands are Brand, but like you yeah. really just like paved the way for someone like me and, and I like appreciate all of that because like I wouldn't be where I am now without people like you but like people just think that 
because, you know, for me, for example, like I do OnlyFans, I do the social media ass and titties. I call it TNA, tits and ass all over the <laughs> social media. And it was like when I first started doing that shit in the beginning of Instagram, people were like, oh, my God, don't do that. You're never going to get a job in the future. What job? Like, fuck your job. Like, what the fuck? What job are you fucking talking about? You know, like and it'd be like just um, someone just working an office job that would say shit like that to me. And I'm just like you're just going to be miserable. Like I hear you complain every single day. You're miserable as fuck. I'm not like, I'm just living day by day instead of living in the future. Like what the fuck am I going to do five years from now? I'm like, fuck that. Like I'm going to be living my life, how I want to live my life currently and be fine with that. And people think that like, like, you know, like I see the comments, like I, I, I was on Barstool and I did like a little segment, but I did this like little joke about a dolphin joke in the, or about bathwater selling my bathwater for like a thousand dollars. And I, I said that I wouldn't sell it for a thousand dollars because it cuts into my overhead. Like, you know, like I, you know, and people are like, she thinks she's so smart saying the word overhead. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, that's just not even like a intellectual word to me. Like, it's just like something that just naturally came out of my mouth. I'm like, little do you know, like I, we have accountants, we have like, we, we actually do taxes. Like they think that we just don't have to do, we just make cash. Like we're just, you know, like just cash comes landing on our doorstep, you know, like they just think that we're the, just these dumbasses. But in reality, they're the dumbasses. And I appreciate the dumbasses because like, that's what makes me money. So it doesn't matter. Like, see, your attitude is great about it because you were born, you know, you were growing up during social media. So you already kind of developed this. I know who I am. Social media was brought to me. And at first I was kind of sensitive. I'm not going to lie. I didn't have the balls. And also I will admit to you this. The downside for me was I also had parents that I no longer have a relationship with, but for a very up until 2015, every time I saw my parents, they would tell me, you're never going to get a job. Nobody's ever going to accept you. Nobody's ever going to love you. You're never going to have anything. Mm -hmm. So I had it in my home life as well. And that was really heavy for me because when those are the people telling you, it takes you removing them from your life to realize like, fuck that. Okay. I get it. You do not understand my situation. Mm -hmm. ask questions though. People mm -hmm. don't ask us questions. They assume no. and what they're doing that I know now, because now I have more of your attitude, even though yours is fucking amazing <laughs> is now I realize like you're just deflecting the shit that you don't have in your life. Like if a guy exactly. says some nasty comment to me, I'm like, you're deflecting what you're not getting. Okay. Right. So exactly. that's really, truly what we've realized it is. But yeah. this assumption that it was either you're broken. Mm -hmm. It was happenstance. It's almost like, I think, those people who have this negative kind of thought process towards us, they don't want to wrap their head around what we are worth financially. I still have guys emailing me like, hey, I could take you to dinner. I'll buy you dinner. Like, <laughs> fuck you, man. You know how many fucking dinners I could buy you, bro? Like, exactly. and your dinner would not be the same dinner that I, and I don't want to go out with you for a fucking dinner. Like, right. but it's that like, like we're weak and it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, where do you not see that we're strong? I like strong? to play weak, Lisa. Like, I love to play weak. I love to play dumb. And like, you know, there's things that like, example like I've been going to a lot of games I love like baseball like I've been going to a lot of games and I sit I make sure I sit behind home plate um because one I like the view and I like the attention I like being on tv and I love just like one at baseball pants asses and baseball pants oh my god die but um so and people the, and their forearms the oh forearms. yeah the forearms, forearms we always talk about that the forearms and the asses like what is it um <laughs> it's I'm so sad that baseball season pants is over but it's yes. coming back soon we have football um but so I was getting a lot of dms because I was putting it out there that I was sitting home plate like 
and, you know, enjoying my life. And people are like, what guy, oh, nice seats, what guys get, who are you fucking? And it's like, little do they know, like, I actually buy these tickets and maybe sometimes like some people probably give them to me, but like not like 90% of the time I buy these tickets because I enjoy what I'm doing. And one, I make a shit ton of fucking money and I'm going to enjoy whatever the fuck I want because it was shit that I couldn't enjoy when I was younger. And then I'm the same boat as you. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have a relationship with my parents. I kind of dabble here and there with my mother, but like completely cut off from my father. Um, I lived in a very strict, my dad was a single dad of three girls. We lived in a very strict, could not do shit. I would don't do that to your kids, but like, no. I would always sneak out. I was like hoeing out when I was younger, but like, <laughs> you know, you like, do and more just because, like, yeah, you do more. Yeah. Um, so I never got like compliments when I was younger. I never got any of that kind of attention. And maybe people are right. Maybe we are a little bit broken, so to speak, but we're fixed now. Like we're good. Like we are like, Listen, you know, glued if, back if you together. Get- if you get lemons, you make lemonade. And we're oh, making sure. a shit ton of fucking lemonade. Oh, it's yes, the same are. though, games. Like I buy tickets, but yes, yeah, sometimes I know somebody that gives right. me some tickets. It does not mean I'm fucking somebody. That does mm-hmm. not mean, you know, some guy had even stuff. Plus, like friends even and club. family tickets aren't that good. So <laughs> no, they always put you <laughs> in an awkward spot. <laughs> or at NBA games, they're behind the basket. You know yeah, what I mean? On exactly. the, in the very back. And you're like, okay, I'm sitting with all my homies because so I know everybody were- that works with. If you think it's, I'm the dumbass, you're the dumbass because if you did a little bit of research, you'd realize like those aren't that good seats. Like I have better seats than friends and family tickets. Okay. So, <laughs> so but, you play into it because you get it. Now, how long has it taken you to accept because you're, you know, you, the fact that you'll probably never be able to truly have a bond with your parents? Um, You know, I, I think I'm like not numb to it, but I, I feel like that's just a stereotypical thing to have. Like I, I just feel like, having a bond with your parents is just like a, almost like a type for like a television thing. Like it's just like, why, why do we need to like, why can I have a a bond with my brother-in-law or like, you know, just like, why can I have bonds with like my cousins or my like friends or like, why can't I have that same bond? You know, like maybe it may not be like that father fatherly bond that other people have but like why do I have to compare my situation to someone else's like I always see it all the time like with my friends they're like oh I wish I had that that same um connection that they have with their mom and I'm like I don't like why are you like comparing like I have my friends that like fill the void I guess so to speak but like my friends my you know just my other family members and stuff like that that support me like so I don't know like I, I think from a very young age since I was treated like that like I just kind of learned to like adjust and I'm like a chameleon, you know, you just adjust with the time and it's just, it is what it is. By 16, my first goal was to move away from my family. That was one of mine. It was, and it wasn't like, I'm not saying they're horrible people, but we, we, we don't get each other. And Mm -hmm. when I was really pining over this years ago, a friend of mine, just like he, he, he just nailed it. He's like, you know what, Lisa, they've got a small town mindset and you don't. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. that either of you are wrong, but they're right. never going to understand you and they're going to make you fucking miserable. And are you going to allow that to happen or are you going to, and I'm, I'm going away for Thanksgiving, my best friends of 30 years, they're like my brother, sister, my mom, dad, my best, you know, like everything. Yeah. And we do a traditional Thanksgiving trip and like, I feel great when I'm with them. They support right. me. I can bounce things off of them. I knew I could never bounce things off of my parents because they were always no. going to give me the answer I didn't want to hear. Right. They were yeah. always going to limit me. If people put limits on us, yeah. we are like trying to catch a tiger by a tail, right? We yeah. will spin out of control if you try and limit us. And I think that's why you've accepted it. And I'm the same. Look, my friends that have 
great relationship with their family. I'm so happy for them. And for my friends that don't, I tell them like, look, parents are just people. There's no handbook. There's no no reason that all relationships work out. You might find that if you stop trying to make something work, you'll make room for things that are more positive and productive in your life that bring you really, truly unconditional love. Not, I love you if you do everything my way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 you also can't go into it thinking like you want an answer, but when you talk to somebody like that, like my father or my mother or whatever, you know, I used to go into being like, he's not giving me the answer that I want, but it's like, that's not the answer that he needs to give me. You know, I don't need that from him. Like I just got to go, go do my own thing. And it's, it's been working very, very well. Like I would have never thought that I would be in the position that I am today. We grew up with like no hot water sometimes, you know, like I just, dirt poor. Like we just, you know, and it, I think it's people like us that do become successful. 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 We're driven. We're completely driven. We're also first generation money, which is harder for people in our family and our, our our older friend groups to really understand. Understand. And what's different about our money that I remind people about all the time, like it's not like a stockbroker where you're going to do this forever and you're going to continue to make more money. We also know that we have a shelf life on our looks and on mm-hmm. the things that we're going to want to be doing. So we hustle hard right now to plan for those years later where we may have to pivot and do something else. Like right now, I'm just working on the fact that I have a face for radio yeah. and eventually I'll just be on the radio when I'm too old to show my face. No one will have to see it, right? I won't always be putting it on social media. That's like one of my future like goals for sure, which will definitely happen. I'm I mean, like we have podcasts now, but, um, right. I mean, not going to lie though. Like I, I, I think I'll retire in the wheelchair. Like I, I think I'll still be like TNA all over the place, like whatever the social media is in the future. But I think I'll still just be like striving, like, you know, like you're older than me and I'm like, she's doing it. Like I can still do it like forever until she's done. I'm done, you know, but so I turned 50 this year. Wow. Gorgeous. I'm 32. And you know what? At 32, I was like, there's no way I'll be doing any of this by, by 40, right? I'm like, why? now I'm like, I'm 50. I'm like, and I, and also celebrities are helping us a you lot, so okay? Good. There's so many women in their 60s and 70s that are beautiful now that are still doing a ton of things. Like, I think we convinced ourselves to believe that there was a shelf life on our looks, similar mm-hmm. to how we thought because we weren't 5'7 or 5'9, we wouldn't the get these modeling thing, everything. jobs. There's yeah. just all these like stereotypical things that I'm just so happy that it's just not what it is anymore. At least- in our hometowns, it is still like that, but like everywhere else, like look at us just like free balling. Like we're just yeah, doing whatever, you know, whatever goes. It's just like crazy to me. But, um, you know, like with my money, I just started investing into like uh, short term, like I houses. I bought a house in, which I read something about you, but I bought a house in uh, no, or like South Bend, Notre Dame. Okay. Marriott. And you're it's renting like it out? Yeah. Um, it'll be up for rents. In hopefully two weeks. Gosh, it's been such a long process, but yeah. literally walking distance to Notre Dame. So, so you're already setting up your side businesses and all the other things you've got going, which you know I've done as well because we like to have our money in. Like I look at it like a freeway. There's five lanes. You got to have something going in everything, every single one of them. And sometimes spending some of the money that you're making on something new is such a great tax benefit as well oh, because of course. Sure. We are paying attention, business manager, agent, lawyer, accountant, and 
what people also don't realize is it's so complex because our money comes in from so many different places. Yeah. Yeah. It gets I could never chase very it on my own. <laughs> Having a business to- manager yes. has changed my life. He gets oh, all my mail. He yep. handles all my invoicing. It is a game changer, right? It's, it's the best money you'll changer. ever spend. Oh, yes, for sure. And plus it's a tax write-off. So, I mean. It is. And when I when I first met with him, he's like, look, you're a creator. You should be creating. And the more time you're sitting home dealing with mail, being put on hold and trying to handle stuff, the more you're not creating. Right. And I realized like, wow, I've made so much more money since I haven't been stressed by my mail or gone through that couple of days. Taxes. It's we're doing this every two weeks. Okay, at the end of the year, we have our numbers. They're done. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're good. Mm-hmm. Remember January? You used to sit there with all of your receipts and go around your house. Where did you put that extra one? I know there's one more. I know there's something else. Now it's like, like I don't going, have to focus on any of that. Like I used to feel so overwhelmed, and then I feel like my creativity would just like be shot because of all my attention was so focused on that. And I'm like, now I'm losing money. Now it's just not working. But- you're losing days, and also yeah. you're you're so drained. It's like what you're going to spend your money on. It's also knowing what you're good at. You know that you are stunning. Uh, You know that you love the camera and that the camera loves you. And you also have this charisma about you with a great sense of humor. So when you talk about the downside of the internet, do you clap back at people or do you just ignore people? I always clap back. I love clapping back. I did in my 30s too. Oh, it's like – it was a stage thing, but like I feel like I've always – Honestly, Lisa, like when I was younger, I used to get bullied a lot for my like ethnicity. So I was like the only, my sister and I were all like the only Asian girls in our, you know, in your school city. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. 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 Um, we went to a public school. So it was very just like black, white race, you know, and then just us. So put up, we used to joke, like put us together, be one Asian in our entire school because I'm half. Um, but like, so I used to always just clap. You had to fight for yourself. If you just like look like a weakling, you would get beat up. So like I would yeah. always just like, get into these fist fights and stick up for my sisters and all this stuff. So I think it like kind of fizzled into like social media and stuff like that. And um, I think my first real big clap back was uh, a girl was making fun of me because I did this little like this was in the beginning stages of Dan Bilzeri and I was on his flight and it was like the free the nipple kind of thing when Chrissy Teigen did all that stuff. Yeah. And so we were getting off the flight and like took our shirts off for the photo and like it went viral, obviously. And like, um, so this girl ends up making like a post about me and, um, just like saying slide, blah, blah, blah. And I made like a clapback video and that ended up taking off. And like, she ended up like apologizing, but like a bunch of girls, when I did that, this is what really like made me feel like I should always clap back because a bunch of girls were, I mean, I was getting, I couldn't tell you how many me- messages at the time I was getting then, it's but they were reaching out to me saying that this girl used to bully them on social media and they'd be like someone with like five followers, you know, and she'd bully she's them. She's just, just a fucking bully. You know, she was just a fucking bully. And now she has like millions of followers on like, and doing the same thing that I'm doing now. I'm like, good for you. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe like that, like you flipped the changed script. you. She yeah, that. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. like hate, hate on the bullies. I just like nope. clap back. So, um, a bunch of girls, like one girl, like was to the point where she was going to commit suicide. And she's like, I just want to like reach out to you and let you know that like people like you help people like us, you know? So I just think that like clapping back is always a good thing. People are like, oh, don't waste your time or energy. I'm like, one, it's creating engagement for me. And two, like, you know, they didn't know that like, you don't fuck with me. Like you don't fuck with me. You don't fuck with like other people that aren't just because you think they're not on your level or whatever the case may be. But you and know, our so people that know us and know our sense of humor and know our tone, I still do it, but not as much and not as in depth. So I used to go right. so in depth of like 
finding the person's family on Facebook and sending them all of the nasty messages they sent me. Like, I used to put time in, okay? No, I used to like, that. I will find where you work, okay? I will come for oh, you. Wait, I did do something like that the other day. Somebody commented, oh, I forget what it was, but I was getting like so much negative, whatever, which I love. I still, I get dopamine off of that, high off that shit for sure. Okay. But there was this one, I was like, I'm just going to pick a random person to show you guys how powerful the internet really is. And so this guy was like saying something thing about I don't know like I forget what it was but he's like a real estate agent and I was like look this is I forget his name this was a few weeks ago like this is Harold and I was like meet Harold's family <laughs> in my stories I'm like this is where Harold lives I was like apparently Harold's not doing well where he lives in the real estate um brokerage market or whatever I was like, because he has so much time to actually pick on me on the internet so everyone tell Harold, wish him good luck. We hope he like does well, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I was going off like that, you know, but it was just fun. It's like, it's like a funny, like clap back. I love trolls. And that is part of your brand then because you're mm -hmm. making a developed story out of it. And because yes. you had this one situation that was kind of the catalyst with mm -hmm. that woman that yeah. brought other women to you. It taught you a lot about it, but I love mm -hmm. that you built the whole story because that's actually really fun. I mean, that's yeah. actually, no, and also- fun. I do stuff like that. I'll go deep, but like funny, like, you know. Like, it does make people think twice, but yes. I also block and mute a lot of people. Me too. Oh, for sure. You have to. Because I have filters on too where they can't comment certain words and certain stuff words. like that. Yeah. Because if it just gets to the point where the same person, also I, I mute people people that like to get the person that like one day they become obsessed with you and they send you like 50 tweets a day or all you're like, you know, I know you're trying to be nice, but like now I can't see anybody else. Know, so now yeah. I've got to, I can't mute. I got to mute you because now you're Hello. like, Are you there? you're like Hello. hoarding the space here. Yes, like, okay, I get it. Sure. I get it. You're, you're feeling yeah. me right now. Okay. Like, you but it's go also support me, go to my OnlyFans and go, go somewhere over there. <laughs> yeah. Do, do your thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For me, buy my book, you know, do your thing. Yes, but like, yes. it is, it's something, but I love how you flipped it. I love how you're, you know, you're finding the way to make it comical. You do understand that engagements are incredibly important, mm -hmm. but playing dumb for smart reasons is something so many of us have been doing. Mm -hmm. And the freedoms that we provide for ourselves, the fact that if there is a day where you don't feel well, you can just chill, yeah, you know, yeah. um, not having a schedule. Like I love not having to have an alarm clock. I love not being in a routine. Not that I don't kind of get up around the same time and go to the gym around the same time. It, it, it's, it's, it's like a rubber band. It's elastic, right? For sure. When you work yeah. for somebody else, it's not, you can't run five minutes late. You got to get the train or you got to do this. You got to do that. Imagine. So you've created such like a life. I so much faster if I had to follow that whole system. <laughs> you know what my biggest fear is? Working in a toll booth. Toll booth? Yeah. Whenever Hopefully. I see those people, I'm like, if I ever had miserable. stupid money, like if I became a billionaire, you know what I mean? Like I'd just be Buy up at toll booths giving people, what does it cost you <laughs> to get out of this box? Can you automate this? Because somebody's you know, in there. It's more on the East Coast. We have more toll booths than the West Coast. They're West all Coast automated, like, which sucks because like sometimes you get tickets even booth. though you thought your, your fast track to work. Okay. <laughs> there is a downside. <laughs> Dude, every time I'm by Irvine, I'm like, I know this fast track is Irvine up. Irvine is exactly go. where I get it. Like Laguna, Irvine, like Newport, somewhere there's like yes. some, something that's And you know what you do? You time. pay it because you have uh -huh. no time to deal no, with it. Okay. Exactly. You, and no. they're not cheap. They're no. like a hundred some dollars. Yeah, like they're a couple hundred. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. They went up. Last time I went to a concert at UC Irvine, I told my friend, like, I'm not trying to manifest this, but I know what's going to happen right now. <laughs> this is going to be fine. And then I'm going to get a ticket in two weeks. And yeah. I did. It's like so fucking annoying. But Tolbooth and then the other people are bathroom attendants. Oh, yes. Yes, for you sure. You know, I just wish they would make them a powder room outside of the bathroom area. But those are jobs that I think to myself, like, what would I do if this was my job? And if I'm ever a billionaire, how do I find all of them and make their life for as comfortable sure. as possible? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I get, yeah, I feel that way too. Um, I don't know what mine would specifically be. I mean, maybe like retail workers because they look miserable. And I used to work retail in high school. And now it's like folding fucking sweaters, folding yeah. it over and over again. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, my, whole clothing pile is perfectly folded and like lined up but like never want to go back to that ever again it's so funny when you walk into a store when it's been busy and there's shit everywhere because you know they just can't even keep up and you're like yeah you're right but there's so many things we could have been doing and we chose to live our authentic selves Mm -hmm. and sometimes that means going against the grain and having people in our lives not understand us but with that said we don't have to be understood because we understand no. ourselves. No. And even like I, I've i done things for like, I don't know if I can say this. I think I can. Sports electric swimsuit. Like that was still like you still had to like work for someone else. And finally, whenever like I – the other interview podcast that I did, they were like, oh, wow, you're actually like a real model that like went into like doing OnlyFans and stuff like that. I'm like, well, like I'm a real model no matter what. Just because I did something like that doesn't make me a real or fake model, you know? Like, it's the stigma. It was the name that, like, you had to do. And I, I was like, in fact, I was probably overworked and underpaid, you know? Like, there was oh, things that sure I Oh, for sure you were. Yeah. And then you for had to sure watch you what were. you had to say. Like, you, I, I, you know, they're very one way. And if you're not that way, you're, you got the boot. Or if you're not, like, publicly fucking an athlete, you got the boot. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to say yeah. that because I don't give a shit because I know what goes on behind the scenes and I know what's said. And I want to be able to just be me. Like, I don't want to like, have to worry about like, Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Did I offend you? Like, you know, like, Oh, now I'm not going to get the photo shoot. No, I'm going to go do my own fucking photo shoot and get my own fucking cover without you. And I could do it by myself and I can prove other people that like, you don't have to like, you know, what's no different. Like I walked on a runway and my fucking vagina labia was hanging out. And I don't know if that was scrubbed off of the internet, but like, you know, they didn't realize like a bikini was going. I'm like, what difference does that make? I was walking, you know, naked down a runway when I can just do my own shit and like not have to worry about like, you know, like, so there's, I don't know, like, but yeah. And you're not invoicing somebody and you're not traveling for somebody. You're not dealing with the inconveniences. You're setting it up on your own terms. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you use curiosity yet. It's a great travel site for influencers. You've got to sign up. It's amazing. It's a great way to travel. Yeah. Yeah. All the hotels and stuff. But we've just created something really unique. And Steffi, I cannot wait to meet you. The three of us have to go to dinner. Okay, yeah. we have to do so something. We were soon. talking about we're gonna take you to a. You'll see the season. We're going to sit in that home plate spot. The Yankees game. It's a very, the legend suite. We are a legend, so we should be sitting in a legend suite. So, like, yeah, we're gonna go to one of those for sure. Okay, I love <laughs> this so much. <laughs> I love this so much. Like we'll sports, make this right? happen. I love, well, I do sports radio Wednesday nights on Better Sports Network. Love sports. Uh, Basketball is my first love. Football. Baseball I got into so I could talk on air all year, and now I do like it, though I am a Mets fan, which Nicole knows, but that's okay. I'll still go to a Yankees game. I have a lot of friends that are Yankees fans. (laughs) But everyone's going to follow you. Subway Series for sure. Everyone's going to follow you. Okay, go ahead. I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. Um, what made you like, how did you get, I'm like interviewing you now, but like, please, I love this. People love this. I love this. How did you go from being what you used to do? You're retired now, right? Yep. 
But um, I was still doing it. scenes. I was still in the adult industry when I started doing sports radio. Like, how did you get them to take you seriously? So that was the challenge, right? Yeah. I was very fortunate. I was doing a show on Playboy Radio, and I'm so glad you asked this question. And it was on Sirius XM. It was Monday nights. It was called Stripper Town. It was a super fun show. People would call in and tell like horror stories that happened to them at strip clubs, mm -hmm. and it was great. And But because it was Monday nights, uh, a lot of my fans would call in, and they'd give me an update on the Monday night game. And so my producer would be like, you know, you can't be talking football. This is Playboy Radio. Da, da, da. And this went on and on until I got written up a couple of times. There was no TV in there and I couldn't see what was happening. I was missing the Monday night right. game. That was very yeah. important to me. My fans would lie to this call screener, say, I have a strip club story. This is what happened. They'd be like, uh -huh. Yolis, here's the score of the game. Right now. <laughs> I guess amazing. And so my producer in LA was getting ready to leave that station. It was I'm not going to work out. And he's like, hey, a friend of mine in New York City had a fantasy football show and it was three Playboy Playmates and the show just broke up and he's still looking to have someone in this world come on and do sports radio. I flew to New York that week. This was 2013. And you're already like heavily involved in sports and stuff. Right. But I knew nothing about fantasy sports, but I was heavily involved. I knew I could talk it. I knew I could. I, I, it's, it's how I lived on the road at strip clubs for so long was I would just stand there naked and talk to every guy about sports. Yeah. And, and we would have this eye to eye. They, could, they didn't look down at me because they, they're like, oh my gosh, she's talking sports to me. Right. And I would see all the stadiums when I traveled. And so I came here to New York City to meet my boss, Matt. And it was in May, uh, April or May, I came out here. And he's like, hey, listen, the show would start in September. Could you learn fantasy football? And I was like, okay, no problem at all. I'll take, I'll take all, I'll read every book on fantasy football. I have friends that draft and I don't think my guy friends that do this are that smart. So like yeah. if they can do it, I can do it. Right. We did my first show September 9th, 2013. I remember the date because September 9th was my best friend's birthday in grade school, like all through grade school yeah. and high school. So you always remember that birthday, right? Yeah. Her name was Steph too. And I did my first show. When I got my first contract, it was for a year. And my best friend said to me, okay, Lisa, you have a choice. You can either be so good they can't fire you. Or you can be a flash in a pan for social media. So they got a show for a year, right? Because they're right. going to use your brand name. Right. And that was the, that was the click for me. I was still in the business, but I would, I, I got a studio apartment in New York city right away. Cause I wanted to do the shows in studio from New York with my co-host. I made it a point where we would meet every Monday. I would take him to dinner on Monday nights so that he could work through all the injuries with me. We would do the show in studio. I'd fly back to LA every Tuesday morning at 6am and I'd be on set at 10am. Wow. I worked in LA every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, back out on the road, feature dancing. And then for my feature dance gig back to New York. And oh. after that first year, I did another year. And then I was there for seven years and I felt like I outgrew it because I wasn't getting the social media clips that I wanted. I wasn't, mm -hmm. it was stagnant mm -hmm. and I actually had the balls to quit. And it was yeah. like post pandemic, everybody's quit their job. I think I'm new. I'm doing this. We didn't know everybody's doing it. And I quit because I said to my agent, like, look, I feel like I'm in a social media black hole. I love mm -hmm. working for Sirius. I love mm -hmm. the situation, but my numbers aren't growing and that's going to affect my brand. This is a right. one night a week show, sure. right? This is yeah. going to totally within a six month span of me leaving, I gained a million followers on Instagram. Wow. Wow, you, because you I started, yeah. I started talking sports on my platforms. I started owning all of my content. So like my clips from my podcast, instead of them owning it and giving me like one small clip, I right. pick the clips myself. I own all the content so I can divide it up and put six minute segments on YouTube. Yeah. It changed the game for me. It's a lot more work. For now, sure. flash forward to this year, my boss left Sirius not long after I did. 
And he started his own company. It's a new company. It's an app, kind of like a cameo is the way I look at it. But it broadcasts live sports shows. And he came to me through my agent. He's like, do you want to work together again? Of course I do. The one man that took me seriously and allowed me to have a voice. And also, he didn't let anybody treat me any way other than how well he treated me. Nobody, like, and it was hard. But I'll tell you, that first year, I really had to have a thick skin because I wasn't ready for, you're kind of merging these two worlds together and people are not willing to accept it. It was Mm -hmm. a lot of nasty comments like, she only got this job because she did this. And, you know, it was a lot of really, really, and and also... Every person that I had blocked for sending me tons of dick pics and all this other shit, <laughs> just because you block them doesn't mean when your channel tweets to you with your right. co-host, with a, they now have to get the dick pics, right? right? Yep. And they're getting hit up by DM of people like, yo, please hook me up with Lisa. Give me her uh-huh. number. Give me-. And so the another part of pressure I felt was my runoff on other people, right? Yeah. I felt like, oh my gosh, what I've had to endure, now they have to run. And I have to say, all the men my producers, my co-hosts, they found it hysterical and they would troll these people back like, oh yeah, I'm sure she really wants to meet you. Right? <laughs> she can't wait. I'm going to get her your number. Like, you know, we, we made fun with it, but I worked to get people to take me seriously. And yeah. I now also still want to stay in both lanes. I still do Exotica. Yeah. I still recycle my entire library on my OnlyFans. I'm going mm-hmm. to ABN to sign this year. Mm-hmm. I want to do everything. And there was a time where I pulled back from everything and I was like, I'm not going to do any events because it's a bad look. And you yeah. know, how am I going to promote my radio show? And then this sexy picture that I'm going to this sex event, you know, and then I was just, I, it just hit me. I'm like, who the fuck is telling you you can't? You right. are telling you you can't. Yeah. You are the only person. Wait till someone else tries to tell you because no one can tell you. No, no one, one has ownership over you. You're not yeah. a full-time employee of anybody. There's no one that can step into your world right now and say you can't do something. So you should right. do everything you want to do and see how it feels. And yeah. that's where I'm at right now. And I'm happy to be working it. for my old boss. Yeah, I'm happy that I got over that hump. And so now I'm able to be that person for a lot of other women who are just getting into broadcast who are not used to the comments that they're getting and all of these things. And they come to me a lot and they're like, how did you deal with this at first? And okay. a lot of it's, if a girl is pretty, mm-hmm. she's assumed to be stupid. Right. So it's I just know. those things. And these are women that went to broadcast school. These are women that are like hella smart. And I'm like, yeah. wow, it's kind of a downside to you that you're beautiful as well, but it should be an upside because that's, what's going to sell you on the camera. That's mm-hmm. what's going to sell you on social. And what I feel greatest about is now I've become the melting pot and everybody comes to me and it feels so good to know that, that they trust in me, that I've already been there and that I can express like the best ways for them to get through it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. that You you gave me chills whenever you're telling me all of that stuff (laughs) because you know, I'm the same way. Like I'm like, just do whatever the fuck you want, work for you, work for yourself. Who gives a fuck, whatever everyone else thinks. If they want to jump on my bandwagon, let them, but like, you know, like, we can get people out of this like shell of like, you know, being who we are, how we look, we can actually be smart, intelligent women and still make it in the industry in the, any industry that we want to be in. You know, I'm a uh, segueing to like golf. I picked up golf and I nice, love golf. Nice. Nice. I realize a lot of men love golf too. Oh and, like, yes. Love, like for some reason I'm doing these, like they're not amazing swings and I know, I know they're not. And I'm only posting like, 
not the greatest videos of it because it's getting the attention. But, um, you know, these videos are going viral. These golf swings of me just golfing, like they're going viral. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm pitching a series to OnlyFans TV and um, it's going to be like me going around the country doing some uh, golf It's fucking awesome. You're going to get to stay coaches. at some of the best spa resorts in I the world. So. That's because my goal. All the go- <laughs> yes. All the golf so courses are like, at- different athletes and stuff. And like, it's, yeah, that's the plan, but. A great like on the greens interview session where you're having a casual conversation while you're mm-hmm. shooting. Oh mm-hmm. man, that is yeah. fantastic. And yeah, wherever you segue, you're going to be incredibly successful. I love this Thank conversation you. with you Thank and I look you. forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, Everybody follow same. at Steph Me, and that's M-I. I'll make sure all the links are under when this goes up on YouTube and on TikTok, it's at underscore Steph Me. That was such a fun conversation. I mean, legit, she had me cracking up. There were times where I was just dying. The sense of humor on this little person is unbelievable. She's amazing. I loved her. her just, just so funny, so snarky, such a great sense of humor. And also another reminder of the brilliance that's out there in the world and how great social media can introduce you to fun people, new relationships, and new things. Speaking of social media... I know you're already following at TicketRev, but are you following Ultra Farm RX? Check it out. I've been posting a bunch on Dudes Do Better's Instagram. Go to at Ultra Farm RX. Learn more about everything they have to offer at ultrafarmrx.com. You can simply fill out a two-minute questionnaire. When, when it's reviewed by a licensed U.S. physician, you'll receive your ED meds direct and discreet by mail. It's a great way for you to check out your trusted ED meds like Viagra and Cialis and also your generics. I could not believe the difference in price. Go to ultrafarmrx.com and learn more and follow on social media at ultrafarmrx. Next up, we've got the moment you've all been waiting for. It is time for the mailbag. If you would like to be part of the mailbag, you can send me your questions to asklisaann at gmail.com. What do you want to know? Is it life advice? Is it travel advice? Is it cooking advice? I think I got this all covered, but we still get a lot of these. Jalin writes, hi, I'm from India. Have you ever visited India? If no, then when are you visiting? That's it. No punctuation, no question mark, not nothing. So there's those. And here's another one. Marcel says, I'd like to know if it's possible that you will visit my country, Slovenia, in Europe near the future. It is a small country with beautiful things to see. I pull these two as a reminder that when I post that I'm doing events, trade shows, book signings, appearances, hosting, that is when I meet strangers. That is when I spend time with people that are in my immediate friend group that I know that you don't. I keep my friends very secret because I like to keep them private because I like to have that space. So inviting yourself on my vacation is probably not your best bet. And also thinking that if I'm coming to your country, it's only for you. Again, not your best bet. But we had to get two in there because there's some great emails here. This one says, hello, Lisa. I have two grown children and I've told them that they were young. They can be hugely successful at anything in life they try, just a little bit harder than the average person. And that the average person really doesn't try hard. So just trying a little harder will get them noticed, hired, 
and rewarded for their activities and work so much more than the average person. Have you ever found this to be true? Both of my adult children are very successful in their fields, so my philosophy may have worked well for them. Do you have any thoughts on this? Best, Todd. Well, Todd, great question and great philosophy. You know, the 80-20 rule. They say 80% of the people, they say 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's the status of the world. So 20% of the world are the movers and shakers. The other 80% are doing the bare minimum. That's kind of a theory that's very trusted and true. And we've seen this, right? We see why there's percentages of groups of people that operate in different ways. I truly believe that as well. I learned young through being at clubs and seeing different entertainers come in that I was usually thinking, oh, this girl's just so beautiful and she's, you know, so popular. But what I learned quickly was those women that came through did so much more than what I had put on them. They put the effort in. They remembered people's names. They were kind to everybody at the club. They went out of their way to buy us gifts when they would come into our club. Terry Wagle used to go on her last day to the grocery store, buy all this food for the chef, the cook in, in the club to make for all of us. She would buy these big London broil steaks and all of this food. And I was like, whoa, talk about going the extra mile. Going the extra mile in whatever you do will not only make you better at it, will make you noticed for being better at it, but it'll also make you feel more accomplished. When you work harder, you're a bit tireder. And then you're like tireder. It's not a word, bit more tired. And then you're like, oh, I really feel like I crushed it today. I really feel like I accomplished something. Going that extra mile, I think says a lot about who we are. It shows that you want to do more than somebody expects of you. You want to exceed the expectations of others. And you don't have to be good at what you're doing. As long as you put the effort in every day to get 1% better, to work a little bit harder, you will grow and you will automatically become good at what you do. Put passion to it. So I do agree with this. And by the way, I appreciate this email, Todd. I completely agree. I worked really hard in fantasy sports. I came into sports radio to talk fantasy sports and I knew nothing about fantasy sports. And I took the time and I still do. I still listen to anywhere from five to eight hours of sports radio a day. That's just not for my listening pleasure. That's for, was there an injury at practice? Is somebody coming off the injury list? Are there going to be coaching changes at the end of the season? What are the matchups for next week that everybody's talking about? I keep this going because I'm constantly working at it so that when I get to sit down on Wednesdays from 7 to 10 p.m. for Better Sports Live on the Better Sports Network, it naturally comes out of my mouth because I've been listening to all of this information. So I do agree with you, Todd. I think we should all work as hard as we can at what we're doing to exceed the expectations of others and have a sense of self-pride that that's what we're doing. Last one here, and this is a good one. And I think it's an important conversation. It's from Corey. And he says in the subject, I'm afraid to go on dates after my neck surgery. I'm a 38-year-old African-American man who suffers from spinal stenosis since March 17th of 2012. My dating life changed, changed once I was injured on the job. I lost my apartment. It was homeless until May 5th, 2015. I have a herniated disc on my nerves, which I choose to have surgery because I couldn't cope with the pain. I have a C3-4 fusion on October 26, 2020. 
My last relationship ended in December of 2016 after my ex-girlfriend cheated on me because I had not been because fo- I was focused on my physical and mental health. Dating scene in the DMV area sucks. At a point where I feel more comfortable being single than even asking a lady friend out to dinner because I'm afraid they'll ghost me. Plus, I quit drinking on June 1st of 2018, and I quit taking opiates opiates in July 3rd of 2013. Please need advice. Corey, who is also a Taurus. So, Corey, I'm going to give you this advice, something a lot of my regular listeners or watchers have heard me say. The first thing I want you to do is read or watch The Secret. What we manifest becomes our reality. And so if you're manifesting something negative, that this is the only option, that I'm going to be ghosted, then you're making your reality as accepted as you're only going to be ghosted. Things happen to our health throughout our lives that are out of our control. And when you meet the right people, those things aren't even noticed. Your friends can introduce you to more people. So getting out and being social is really the start. The end game doesn't have to be meeting a girl each time you go out, but maybe becoming some sort of a mentor in this space from what you've already endured and you can share your experiences that would build your self-confidence back up to get out there and meet people. It is sad how difficult it can be to date. It is sad that there's the judgments out there and people who don't understand, but you, my friend, have accomplished so much. Quitting drinking, huge step. Getting off the opiates, huge step. And going through these surgeries, you've walked a path that many of us don't know if we could really handle. So you're stronger than you realize. And so once you really soak that in and then lean into the secret and other books or documentaries, however you prefer to gather your information, where you can really work on the positive thought process. The power of positive thoughts is unbelievable because life is magnetic and what you reflect comes back to you and you reflect that you know who you are and you know what you've been through and you know what you're up against. You're going to attract another strong willed person who may have also been in a health situation in any sort of personal crisis. Being homeless for two years is a personal crisis, but it's not that abnormal in the United States. And the fact that you've overcome all of these things shows me that there is something so special in you that someone is going to want to share time and share their life with you. But you've got to start with you and you've got to feel better about you and you've got to look within and retrace all of those horrible things and realize you got to the other side. You feel amazing on the other side and you have to just go out there and be more confident, be more social and share yourself. If the only outcome you think you're going to get is that you're going to be ghosted, you're going to be ghosted. You have to look at other outcomes. You have to look at the possibility that you're not going to be ghosted and you have to be patient with it. You know, dating is like experimenting with new recipes. It can take you a hundred times to get it right. And then just when you get it perfect, you can forget a magical ingredient and then it falls apart again. So just be patient with it, but don't give up on it. There's too much out there, whether it's your friends that you want to have loving relationships with and you don't trust in really an intimate relationship currently with a woman. The more you love other people, the more love is around you, the more love comes to you. And then it's all going to work out. You, Corey, have been through so much already to think that a relationship is an obstacle is just silly. You're going to meet somebody if that's what you want. 
You're going to expand your friend groups if that's what you want. And you're going to live the life you want if that's what you want. So see it, look at it, look into the secret. The Magic of the Secret is a new release that came out in book form, but the documentary is available on Netflix. I rewatch it regularly. It did change my life. I love Deepak Chopra. There's so many incredibly intelligent people that can help us reframe our thoughts and create a new destiny for ourselves. And that's what I want for you, my friend, Corey. Again, if you want to be a part of the mailbag, you can just email me at asklisaann at gmail.com. Don't forget to look up Ticket Rev. Follow at Ticket Rev on social media and learn how you can exchange tickets you own or purchase tickets for an event that you want to see. And don't forget to check out Ultra Farm RX for all of your trusted ED needs. Thank you all for listening to another episode. December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, I will be in D.C. at Exotica. December 3rd, I will be at the Over Under Club right above of the cloakroom in DC, new sports belt. I'll be hosting the official after party for Exotica December 8th. You can watch me for three hours long in the TMA STL studios on YouTube. I'll make sure you have all the information of where you can follow along. I thank you all for making me a part of your listening or watching experience. Follow all things at the real Lisa Ann on social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Do not fall for imposters. Do not fall for these people that are DM. It's not me. I do not DM. I do not private message. I just like to share with everyone out there on my main pages so that everybody knows it's not me DMing. So follow my profiles. Make sure you follow at Ticket Rev. And don't forget my amazing guest today, Steph Me, who you can follow at Steph Me on all platforms. It's sex TikTok. It is underscore Steph Me. Thanks again for listening to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. 